Well, a uh, game where the Canucks, once again, were the better team. And once again, they couldn't find a way to score a goal. Um, sure, we can talk about how, yeah, the Canucks had their fifth best goalie in net tonight, which is unfortunate. Uh, but they allowed three goals to a really good team. That's winnable still. That's a game where if you put up 39 shots against a team, you better be scoring at least three goals. And the Canucks only get one, and it was at the end of a five-on-three power play opportunity, and at even strength, the Canucks could get nothing going uh, and nothing into the back of the net. So we'll break this game down, as always, my pluses, my minuses, my recap, and all this stuff. Then we'll get to your thoughts, your opinions. Probably a quicker one tonight, because just a frustrating one. Um, In net, it's Mikey DiPietro, only, what is that, his second game? Um, after he had that one game where he let in like seven goals or whatever, uh, up against Huso, who was, who has been pretty good this year, uh, and had a really good game tonight. It's Bruce Boudreaux's 1000th game as a Canucks head coach. And I'm sure he would have wanted, or not as a Canucks head coach, but as a head coach. And I'm sure he would have wanted a, a better result in this one. So first period, uh, Canucks get a power play kind of early. Uh, they get nothing going on it. And then Matthew Highmore uh, later in the late in the first period, because nothing, you know, the Canucks were dominant, but not a lot was going on really. Uh, Matthew Highmore is an absolute king here. He goes out, he makes Barbashev mad. Barbashev cross checks him in the back of the helmet. He's getting two for roughing. Then, as he's skating back towards the bench, he runs into Krug, and then Krug shoves him over, rips his helmet off. So there's two penalties called. It's a five on three for two minutes, um, and it gets killed off. The first minute was basically a waste. The Canucks get nothing going there. But as the penalties expire, the Canucks make a pretty good passing play. Uh, it's a shot. Chase on put, plays it across the rebound over to Tanner Pearson, who bangs it home, and it's one nothing Vancouver. Um, about two minutes after that, or a minute and a half after that, Pearson makes a great breakaway pass to Dickinson for his first breakaway of the game. Uh, honestly, a good shot. He tried to go upstairs on the blocker side, who so made the stop. So it doesn't go in, and then the Blues tied it up. With a minute and a half to go, they came in on the rush. Sunquist shot, got a really, really good tip from Falk. Uh, I mean, you can't really blame DiPietro on this one. That is an excellent tip, basically between his own legs into the top corner, uh, and the game is tied. Shots in the first period, 21-10. to 10. Uh, Season high for shots, or at least shots in the first period for the Canucks, 21 of them. Brock Besser had six of those at that point. Uh, in the second period, Canucks get a too-many-men penalty, and Shen scores. Uh, it's, it's the penalty kill once again, take, or the team once again, taking a bad penalty, putting the Canucks on the penalty kill. And once again, the penalty kill, um, fails. Uh, it's Braden Shen sitting all by himself on the back post, gets a feed across from Vladimir Tarasenko, and then he just taps it in. Uh, Tucker Pullman left him absolutely by himself, right? Um, on the penalty kill, what you're supposed to do uh, is, you know, you can't cover everyone, right? You got four guys, you got, and they have five, but you try to sort of take away passing lanes. And the one guy who you are going to have a guy on is the guy in front of the net. Cause that's the most dangerous guy, right? Shot gets on net. He can tip it. He can get a rebound. You want someone there to just tie him up to prevent those goals from happening. And Pullman was just sort of lost there. He was staring off into space, missed it. Uh, and they score and the Canucks trailing. Uh, and it is eight of the last 16 penalty kills have been scored on for the Canucks. So to the last 16 penalty kills, which is probably like seven games or so, um, maybe eight, the Canucks have allowed eight goals in the, on those 16 opportunities. Uh, I think they've been scored on in the last seven games on the penalty kill. 
the entire road trip. And then these two last games, they got scored on at one point. And then there was two in the one game. Uh, so yeah, that would be the last seven games. These last 16 penalty kill opportunities. They get scored on eight of them uh, once a game. And uh, it's really becoming the story of this season for the Canucks, if it wasn't already. Um, and then near the end of another dominant period for the Canucks, the Blues score again. It's Kairou's shot that goes off of DiPietro's blocker, but still goes in. He'll want that one back. It's unfortunate. It's two goals on three shots at that point. They end up getting four shots only in the period, St. Louis, and they scored on two of them. Vancouver had 11. So the shots were 32 to 14 for the Canucks after the second period. But guess what? Shots don't matter. It's goals that matter. So we go to the third period. Not a lot happens. Uh, Dickinson gets a breakaway again, 10 minutes in, uh, one of the worst breakaway chances I've ever seen. To be honest, he tries to go forehand and completely just skates past the net and tries to tuck it in six inches past the post. That's not how the net works. It just isn't. You can't score that way. You got to at least do something. Um, so that's unfortunate. The Canucks pull the goalie. Nothing happens. They don't really get any shots off. Anyways, uh, the shots end up being seven to three in the third period. Uh, overall shots for this game, 39 to 17 in favor of the Canucks, almost tripling up the St. Louis Blues, uh, I guess two and a half X. That's not bad, right? Uh, the problem is that the uh, the Blues triple up the Canucks in actual goals. So pluses, minuses. So these are my the good things about the game for the Canucks, the bad things about the game for the Canucks. Pluses. Let's go with those. Let's be happy. Thatcher Demko should be back on Tuesday. Uh, from everything I've heard, uh, again, I'm not a, I don't know anything, uh, but that was sort of the rumor is that the Canucks should have Thatcher Demko back on Tuesday. Hopefully, hopefully. Cause, cause I mean, this is a game where it's probably one, one if Demko's in net, um, which again would still be an indictment on the team, but maybe they would have stole a point. Uh, Quinn Hughes is a huge plus Quinn Hughes was fantastic tonight. Uh, like genuinely fantastic. And he's been so good the last couple of weeks. And uh, he really built on that again tonight. Um, just genuinely had so much puck possession. Uh, every time there was any pressure on him, he relieved it. Uh, he's he's literally just a pressure valve for the Canucks. Anytime anything scary is going on, Quinn Hughes gets the puck and everything's okay. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what he's doing, but it works seemingly every time. Uh, so a great game again from Quinn Hughes. Uh, no points for Hughes, unfortunately, tonight. Uh, I thought the Patterson line was good and genuinely the play of most of the team was good, right? They outplayed the blues in every facet of the game, except they couldn't score and the blues could. That's really it, right? We look at the analytics side where I like to go and I'll give this a refresh um, and I'll go all situations at all situations. The Canucks were expected to score 4.3 goals. So they left 3.3 goals on the table and that's just lack of finish. That is Huso having a great game. Overall, not great. Um, St. Louis was expected to score 1.77. So, and they scored three, which means DiPietro didn't play great, uh, which I think we all knew. Uh, so the Canucks were expected to score 71% of the goals in this game. And that's not what happened. Clearly high danger chances, you know, 17 to eight in favor of the Canucks. Corsi, which is a shot attempt, 74 to 31. And they just can't capitalize, right? it's just the story of, uh, of this team, uh, over the last two games, at least. And, and sort of over the last little while, uh, where they're playing better than some of these teams, right? We saw it on that road trip against teams like Tampa and Florida, and they just can't score enough goals and they can't keep up with these other teams. Unfortunately, um, Brock Besser had a bunch of shots, although I think he might've finished with six. 
He finished with six shots. So Brock Besser had six shots in the first period and then none the rest of the game, which is unfortunate. I think he had a bunch of attempts, but still, you know, you got to get shots on net. Hoaglander had five shots. I thought he played pretty well. Keep in mind, Hoaglander only played 12 minutes tonight, um, but five shots on goal in those 12 minutes. Uh, and Justin Bailey had four shots on goal in just seven minutes of ice time. So that's probably the most shots per 60 in the game. Um, and honestly, Justin Bailey looked good out there. I'd like to see him get a little more ice time, to be honest. He, he's fast. Uh, he was using that speed to create offensive chances, going in on the rush, getting a shot on goal at the very least, uh, then coming back on defense with that speed. I, I think Bailey had a pretty solid outing. Uh, on to the minuses, though. They can't score, right? Like, that's... <laughs> That's the biggest one. Uh, and I don't I don't really know how to expand on that, right? We look at the last game against Florida. How many shots did they have? Like a bunch? I, I don't even remember. Uh, I, I've kind of been blocking these things out. Um, but, but the Canucks just can't put pucks in the net. They score one goal against Florida last game. They score one goal against St. Louis tonight. Uh, they cannot get pucks past goalies. And to score goals, the puck has to get past the goalie. And they're forgetting that part. And I don't really have any explanation for it. Uh, it just seems to really be puck luck at this point, right? Um, where you're just you're taking lots of shots and they don't go in. I, I can't explain it. Um, the Canucks also, my next minus, is that the first eight minutes of the third period, when the Canucks are down two goals and they need to come back, keep in mind this is a game where they had 21 shots in the first period, 11 shots in the second period. They're at 32 shots going into the third period. First eight minutes of the third, they only get two shots on goal. You're down two goals and you can't beat this goalie. You can't be getting too fancy. I, I know there, it's easy to get into the mentality of, okay, well, clearly if we're just shooting the puck, it's not working, right? We need to try to make some, some setup plays. We need to try to go cross crease one timers, uh, you know, two on ones, try to create something that's more likely to beat the goalie. But when you try to do that, you forget to just put pucks on net at some point, right? And eventually, you're just going to run out of time. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Uh, two shots in the first eight minutes of the third period. They only end up with seven shots in the third period overall. Uh, and keep in mind, that is with the uh, with the goalie pulled for three of those minutes. Um, they, they need to just get pucks on net uh, at that point. Uh, Jason Dickinson, not able to score on a breakaway again. I don't think his first breakaway was that bad. I, I, you know, he tried to go shelf on the blocker, probably kept it a little too low, uh, but probably the right move. The second breakaway was atrocious though. Um, I don't know if they had any shots when the net was empty. I, I don't know if there's a way for me to see when shots were taken. Although there's this play by play feature on NHL.com third period. How does this work? If I scroll to the bottom, is that, uh, any shots, any shots, Quinn Hughes shot blocked. Quinn Hughes wrist shot saved. That's one. And that's it. So the Vancouver Canucks had one shot with the net empty while they were down two goals. Again, it's just not good enough. You're not, they're not giving themselves the opportunity to win or even make it close or tie it. You literally cannot win if you only get one shot and you're down by two goals. The math doesn't add up. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, and uh, obviously the last minus is just the unfortunate scenario the team is in, right? You're missing three of your top six um, and uh, somehow the entire goalie room gets taken out, right? Demko and Halak both get COVID during the road trip. Um, or I think Dem Demko might've been after they were back, but either way. Uh, and then you bring in Spencer Martin 
and Mikey DiPietro, Spencer Martin test positive yesterday and this morning, and then Arthur Silovs, who's been pretty okay. You think, okay, well, he's the he's the next guy up. Well, then he tests positive for COVID in Abbotsford. So then it's Mikey DiPietro, literally probably the fourth, I'd say the fifth option for the team right now, because I think Silovs has been playing pretty well. Uh, the fifth option for the team is a net for you. And the backup was a UBC 25-year-old goalie, right? That's just... It's, it's a recipe for failure. It's unfortunate for the Canucks. Um, hopefully this is sort of the, we're coming hopefully to the end of that. I'm a little worried because they do seem to get a couple of positives trickling in every day or so. Hopefully this doesn't go too much farther. Uh, and hopefully they can get guys like Demko back, um, on Tuesday and the rest. I don't know the rest of the players. I don't know how it works. So don't ask me. Uh, we'll figure it out, uh, when line rushes get tweeted at this point. All right. That's my thoughts. That's my, that's my takes. I'm going to take a few questions here. I'll pull it up and, uh, we'll get to those. Uh, as always, if you are new here, if you want to leave a question, I might read it and answer it. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. I think you have to be subscribed to put a question in the chat just to lay out the spam a little bit. Um, so make sure you're subscribed and hit the like button because it does help me out a lot. I'm sorry. I'm not as chipper as I might normally be. Uh, <laughs> it is Monday tomorrow. Um, let's see. Um, Stuart saying it looks like the Canucks need to tr learn how to translate shots into goals now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, I wonder what their shooting percentage is, uh, and how that compares to the rest of the league. Let's pull that up. Actually league. Uh, I, I have to go stats by team. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And then I've got all the teams up and then I go shooting percentage. It's not on here. Uh, I can find it though. Uh, shots. Shots by type. Let's try this. Uh, shooting percentage. I got it. Uh, the Canucks are ninth in the NHL. No, that's not. It's not sorting by that. Shooting percentage. The Canucks are. I'm scrolling really far. 31st in the NHL in shooting percentage. 7.6%. The only team worst is the Montreal Canadiens. And that doesn't include this game, by the way. Uh, that'll go down tonight. Um, meanwhile, Colorado's at 12%, right? Uh, the league average, the median, which would be 16th, which is Dallas is 9.4%. So that's a lot, lots, a lot of goals being left on the table. Um, and I think that really tells the story, uh, for this game, uh, and just the team in general, uh, Talonator saying we need to make a move for a player that can score. We need to score more because it's pathetic to watch. Well, the thing is. Uh, they have players who should be able to score. Um, the thing is one player can't make much of a difference, right? If you go out and you get a 30 goal score, let's say, uh, okay. That adds one goal every two and a half, three games. That probably doesn't make a difference tonight. That might be one more goal tonight, but odds are it isn't. Uh, the math just doesn't really work there. Uh, one shot just doesn't really, or one player doesn't make enough of a difference, but I mean, yeah, when Tanner Pearson's scoring your only goal, that is pretty, pretty rough. Um, let's see here. Uh, do, do, do. Christopher saying, I think they win this game if they had one of their two starting goalies. I mean, they got to score more than one goal, right? They played well enough. They had enough shots on goal. They just couldn't score. Now, I think if Demko's in, uh, then this might have been a 1-1 game that went to overtime. And then maybe they do score. Um, but odds are, I think they still lose this one. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to take a few. 
few of these. Um, uh, Waz saying, what do you think will happen to DiPietro after his contract expires this season? And do you think he plays as a backup next season? Um, the thing is, he's not worth anything right now, uh, DiPietro. So I don't see any reason for them to get rid of him, if that makes sense. Now, that kind of sounds counterintuitive. Um, but what? He probably makes like 900k right now, but he's on a two-way. His cap hits 811. Uh, and he's... And he is an RFA, obviously. He was on his entry-level deal, um, or which got slid an extra year to this year. Um, yeah, he's not going to get really a raise, right? He might get a bump. Here's what I bet. I bet his cap hit stays about the same, maybe 900K, maybe a million. I bet they raise his minor league salary, his AHL salary a bit, so he makes a bit more money. Because right now, he's only making 70 grand a year, right? That's, I mean, that's good money, but that's not great money uh, for an, for a hockey player, um, for a professional athlete. So I bet they probably give him a raise in the minors because that doesn't affect salary cap. And that's probably it. I uh, I don't think he's, uh, I, I don't think they're, they're not going to trade him because he doesn't have any value. Like I said, you might as well just keep him and hope he eventually gets better um, at this point. Um, but I don't think he's the backup next year. Uh, I, I think they go and they get another cheap backup. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think you want Martin there either. Um, maybe, but I don't know. It seems like you might need to do some, uh, some backup searching. Uh, let's see here, man. There's a lot of, there's a lot of negativity around Pedersen and Besser. Meanwhile, Besser played actually I thought both of them played really well tonight um and again the Canucks were the better team here's the thing if the Canucks had won this game like four to three uh I bet none of this is in here uh, like I genuinely think that everyone was like oh yeah Pedersen played really well uh Besser had six shots you know maybe one of those just happens to go in which again is a lot of luck uh one of those goes in and we're like all right well wow Besser had a great game tonight he, he scored a goal he had six shots this and that like I, I genuinely think that we're so focused on results over progress if that makes sense um that like i mean you gotta remember that first period the canucks were excellent right the second period they were pretty good too they just couldn't score goals uh and i i think we're being a little a little overly harsh here um so i'm going to skip some of these uh stewart giving a shout out to justin bailey uh one good thing that really started for me was justin bailey provides insane speed that we really need on the team um yeah he is fast uh, and I think he's better than Alex chase on. So that's where I'm, uh, that's where I'm at on this one. Um, Kai saying in a game, most of our stars, right? You have to really appreciate how elite Hughes is. I fully agree. Um, let's see here. Uh, Zach saying that Pedersen seems so flimsy and has pushed off the puck rather easily. Do you think he'd be better if he bulks up a bit? Uh, no. Uh, I think he's what? He's like 200 pounds, isn't he? Didn't he get in some weight? He's not 200 pounds, but he's like 180, 176. I mean, what what are you going to do? You're going to add 20 pounds to him. He's going to get way slower and less mobile uh, and probably not any better. Uh, no, I, I don't think he'd be better if he bulked up a bit. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of really skilled players uh, no one was people. No, no one was saying this a few years ago, right? Elias Pettersson, you know, two years ago, and you know he was fantastic. You know, in his rookie season, in the season after, when he's a point of game player, no one's like, oh, he's too small because what he was doing worked. 
And now he has a rough skid and it's not his size. that's the problem. It's just that he's not playing good, but it's not that he's weak. Uh, I think that's just kind of silly, uh, to be honest. Uh, Todd, do you like PD playing center or the wing? Um, I think the Canucks need him to be a center, uh, overall for the future. Um, but I think he seemed to really play better on the wing. Uh, and it's because you just have less responsibility, right? There's less going on. Uh, instead of the whole ice, you have one half of it basically, right? And your job is basically go into corner, try to win battle. If you win battle, try to play it to the point or the center or the far side. If you lose the battle, come back and cover your defenseman. That's kind of all a winger does. It's a pretty, it's a much less brain focused position. Um, you put someone at center and suddenly they are the sort of every man, right? You're sort of the, usually the last man into the offensive zone, but you have to be better positionally and you might have to come into support or you have to hover around and try to be open for a pass or, and the play goes the other way and you have to be the first guy back. Cause you have to pick up their, uh, F one trying to, you know, pick up the trailer on the rush. Uh, and then you got to go in down low and help. And then you got to curl out. It's, it's way harder to be a center than a winger. And that's why being a, that's why centermen are way more valuable because it's a lot harder to do and it has a much bigger impact on the game. So my long winded answer is I think he is playing better on the wing currently, but if he is a center, it's a lot more valuable for the team. If he can play at the same level, um, which he has shown he can. It's just whether he, he gets that fully back. Uh, and I think if that happens, then, you know, if the, you'd much rather have a number one C than a number one winger by a long shot. Uh, do, do, do. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to take a couple, uh, scout with a good point here. The next three games are crucial. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary. Hopefully we get some guys back before that. Yeah. And personally, what I'm hoping is I'm hoping the Canucks take this game and they look at the positives from it, which can be tough when they lose 3-1 uh, and had a bunch of shots on goal and just couldn't beat a goalie, right? It depends on how the team looks at it. Do you look at it as, hey, we played really well, just couldn't get the puck in the net. Let's work on that a little bit, you know, tomorrow at practice, let's, let's work us on work on finishing. Let's work on some offensive plays. Um, but Hey, if we play like this, where we are out shooting teams, 39 to 17, uh, we're going to win more than we lose. So let's not change too much, right? Our goalie didn't play great. Let's take that. Cause if we play like this, if the Canucks were to outshoot the Oilers 40 to 20 and the jets 40 to 20, and then the flames 40 to 20, uh, they're winning. They sh they likely win all three of those games, if not just two of them, right? They gave them, if you keep playing that way, it gives yourself the chance to win. Now, if they go into it with the mentality of, man, we can't score. We got to, we got to do things differently. We got to, we, they, if they try to get more fancy, if they don't simplify the game, but go more the opposite direction where they're trying to set up like super fancy plays that, um, you know, they only end up getting you know, 18 shots on net because they're waiting for the perfect opportunity instead of just throwing pucks at the net sometimes, uh, then it doesn't work. Now, they get the Oilers on Tuesday. If the Canucks get 39 shots against the Oilers, they should score like six goals, right? Let's be real. They they don't have goaltending. Now that I said that, they're not going to score any goals, but I, I genuinely think the Oilers are the perfect opponent to get an offense clicking. 
because even if they lose on Tuesday, I think there's a good chance that they score a few goals. So take the over on Tuesday. Um, cause I, I think we could see, you know, if, if the Canucks lose that one, like five, four, at least they've scored four goals and maybe they win it like five, two or something like that. And, uh, and that would be nice. Uh, but yeah, definitely three really big games and, uh, hopefully they can, uh, hopefully they can bring it up, uh, to a bit of a better level. Uh, D train, would you try Spencer Martin in a few more games? See what he can do. Uh, he had a good game. I think he deserved another look. Uh, no. No, you put Thatcher Demko in. The 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 Canucks aren't in the business of developing AHL goaltenders um, when they're trying to push for a playoff spot. Uh, you give your team the best chance to win. And currently, the best chance to win is Demko Tuesday, Demko Thursday, Demko Saturday, Demko Monday, and then Halak comes back for the Tuesday back-to-back uh, before they go into the All-Star break. Uh, you you play your better, your, you play your better players. Uh, just because they have one good game, uh, Demko's had a lot of good games this year. You play him, uh, Spencer Martin can go to the AHL and he can play 25 more games this season and maybe develop into something. I don't think you need to throw him to the wolves, uh, to figure that out, but yeah, he'll probably will be the backup if he, after the five day period, right on, uh, on like the Saturday game, if Halak's not back, then, then maybe he's the backup because we're at the five day point. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jordan saying that he loved Lamico Highmore Mott line tonight. They controlled play really well. Uh, I do, uh, agree on that. Uh, they, they're good. They're good. They're good hockey players. Uh, I'm just going to do that. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they've been playing really well. I think Tyler Mott was, uh, once again, pretty good tonight. Uh, I loved Highmore. Honestly, that Highmore play where he just, basically, you know, drew two penalties on, I think it was Barbashev and, uh, was it Falk? Um, that was sick. That was sick to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree there. Um, let's see here. Uh, Kai saying, do you think Dickinson might be a dark horse to get moved at the deadline? He's been better since Bruce got here, but still has been underwhelming. Um, Rutherford's known for liking fast forwards too. I don't think anything's off the table, uh, because I, I think if the Canucks are sort of out of it at that point, which is really possible, right? We're talking two months from now. Uh, we'll have a real good picture on this team by then. Um, yeah, I, I could see him definitely being an option because even if you can't get a lot for him, like let's say the only return available is like a third or a fourth or something. You look at the contract, right? Because it's a salary cap league and really to build the best team, you need to have the best value, right? You can take all the best players and put them on one team, but you're going to run out of cap space really quick. So it's whoever can, it's literally what team can do the best with the dollars you are allocated. That's basically the NHL, that's NHL management in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Um, Jason Dickinson makes what, 3.25? Is that right? Is he at 3.3 and a quarter? Uh, no, he's at 2.65. I thought he made more. Um so he's at 2.65. Now, if you don't think you're getting 2.65 of value out of him and you think he's only worth 1.5 and you can make, you can pick someone up for maybe 2 million in free agency to replace him, that would be better Then sure. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's not that easy, obviously. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, he's a name that floats around, um, to maybe a contender, uh, just as a defensive guy. 
let's see here. Um, do, 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 do. I don't know if there's any... Uh, Jaskran saying this gave me flashbacks of the Canucks Wings game where they outshot them 41-20. I mean, yeah, very similar. Um, this has happened to the Canucks a few times this year, and that's why that's why hockey's kind of weird, right? Um, it's a very luck-based sport in the fact that there's just not a lot of goals scored every game, right? This game, there was four goals scored. So there's only a few ways that can go. It can be 4-0, 3-1, 2-2, 1-3, or 4-0, right? There's only like five possible scores uh, if there's four goals scored. And, you know, maybe two of them go the Canucks way, two of them go the other team's way. And even if you have more shots than the other team, you know, one shot is what makes the difference. It's not like something like basketball, which is sort of the exact opposite, right? If you have a team that's playing really well, they win almost every time because they just make more shots. And there's so many more opportunities to score and there's so many more scores happening that eventually just sort of averages out, right? Just like how we see teams sort of average out over the course of the season in basketball it sort of happens over the course of a game and that's why how you get teams that win 73 games in a season and you don't see that in hockey even when you have you know colorado or tampa bay being absolutely insane uh where you know tampa won like 60 games a couple years ago but that doesn't happen often um let's see here jazz saying should the nhl consider four on four hockey in the future um, they're not changing hockey. They, that would be such a, they wouldn't, they just couldn't do that. It would mess up all the records. It would mess up the history. It would mess up everything. Five on five is fine. Uh, there is going to be a three on three league starting soon. Uh, I think it's like three ice or something. Yeah. Three ice, which starts in summer. It's like a summer league. Um, that's like touring to a bunch of different arenas and it's just three on three, um, which will be cool. Uh, and then, yeah, we get to see some three on three and that'll be on TSN apparently. So that's fun. Um, uh, Rashid saying, I think the earlier comment wanted to try Martin once more so we can move Halak and not pay the hefty bonus. Uh, thoughts on that. Um, Halak has one more game left on it before he would have to get the bonus. I think he's only fulfilled eight of the 10. Um, and I'm kind of on board with that. The problem is if Halak doesn't want to get traded, if he says, no, I'm not waving my no move clause, then there's nothing you can do and you might as well play him. Um, so I think that's, I think that's fine. However, again, I think in these games, if you have the option of Halak or Martin, I think you should be putting Halak in, um, because Halak is a better goalie than, than Spencer Martin. Um, and he's been good the last couple of games that he's played. Um, you know, he's got a, he's got a nine 15 this year. Right? Why are we, why are we throwing Halak under the bus? He has been genuinely good. He had like one kind of shaky game to start the year, um, but you know he's he's playing pretty well. Eight games, two point five nine goals against. He's only won one of them because the team in front of him can't score. <laughs> right? He has a two point five nine goals against average and has only won one game. Two point five nine is pretty good, um, genuinely. Right. You look, you compare that, you know, he's a nine fifteen this year. Well, when he played for Boston in, in 20, uh, or last year, he had a nine Oh five and won nine games and only played 19. It, it's the team in front of him, right? It, it's literally all it is. Uh, Halak's been fine in my opinion. Um, anyways, we're going to wrap up there for the night. Um, I'll do this again, hopefully after a win on Tuesday. Sorry, I wasn't as chipper as normal. Um, and, uh, yeah, shout out to all our members. Uh, we got a couple more members lately. 
Um, let me pull it up here. Uh, Coach Robin Lee, I think I called you guys out after the last one, but thank you guys for joining lately. Uh, if you're interested, there's a join button down below next to the subscribe button. Make sure you're subscribed, all that good stuff. Uh, and I will talk to you guys uh, in the next one.